Good morning, church. It is Valentine's Day, and you know, every time Valentine's Day rolls around, I think about the scripture that says, love is patient, love is kind, but here in the South, love will break you down like a double barrel if you need an attitude adjustment. And I had somebody tell me, well, that's not scriptural. And I reminded them real quick that even Jesus flipped tables. Well, let's get back to today's message. So it's Sunday before Lent begins. Again, it's Valentine's Day. And how fitting for this Sunday, having Valentine's Day, when we're about to enter a season when love came down to rescue us. It's just absolutely fitting to talk about the great love, the great agape that came down to rescue us. So clearly, if you are hearing this message, then you are unable to be with us in worship today at 11. So grab your cup of coffee or your glass of sweet tea and settle in for today's message. I wish you could see my coffee cup as I'm recording this. It's, um, well, let's, let's be honest, it's not a coffee cup. It's actually a, a tumbler. But on the side, it says, leave the judging to Jesus. So many times we're quick to jump in there with our our uh, response or our thoughts, and we don't think about it. And before you know it, we've uh, we've not actually acted the way we're supposed to. So today's scripture it is in Matthew nine. We're going to begin reading verse two through nine. So I'll give you just a minute to flip into uh, into your Bible and scripture, and maybe you need to open a Bible app. But make your way to Mark nine. This section of my Bible, the header says, the transfiguration. So, Mark 9, beginning in verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up high on a mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could make them. And there, there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared. And covered them. And the voice in the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Before we dive in, let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for for every, every love note, every little heart that you left in Scripture for us to find. Lord, just like the bag of candy hearts, there's a message scattered all throughout Scripture that talks to each part of our lives. So today, Lord, I ask that that you show us what you need each of us to hear from today's message. Help us apply it to our faith walk. 
so that we can reach one more for your precious kingdom. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your Son. Amen. So last week we talked about having a deeper spiritual relationship with God. Romans tells us to make our bodies a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God because this is our spiritual act of worship. So if we're about to worship in person, um, if you're about to worship in person with us, uh, then you know I shared um, that Jesus, my image of Jesus carrying the cross through the streets to Calvary, uh, that, that cross was my cross. That sin was mine to bear, but it was too much for me to bear. Even Jesus stumbled and fell at the cross. The heavy cross fell on him, but he carried that for me. And I get emotional when I talk about that. I get emotional when I talk about anything when it's Lent um, and going into into Easter and everything because this is, this is a major thing for me. I don't take this lightly. I don't take communion lightly. But in Mark 9, Jesus has revealed himself on a whole new level to Peter, James, and John. But they don't fully understand what's happening because they are seeing things from a worldly perspective. Jesus is inviting them into a deeper new level of spiritual worship in the presence of God. See, by, by Jesus appearing in glory with heaven's companions of Moses and Elijah, Jesus showed that he is God. And then the voice of heaven also identified him as God's son. You see, Jesus knew that he would have to suffer and die for our sins. There's a time when, when we go through life... And when that moment hits us that we understand how much Jesus has done for us, that it it humbles our heart to a whole new level. You see, Jesus knew he would have to suffer and die for sinners like me because I would never be a, be worthy enough to actually be in God's presence. But Jesus represents the continuity between the Old Testament promise and the new kingdom of God fulfilled in him. He bridged the gap. So a little background information first. So biblical scholars have noticed or have noted that the site here um, is Mount Hermon. It is in the north. This is where uh, Peter also made his confession. And it's one of the highest mountains in the region. So scripture tells us they went to the mountain to be alone. Now remember, Peter wanted to make tents for their shelter. So the Greek word for tent is tabernacle. That's what it's described as in the New Testament. It was a place where the glory of God could be sheltered from casual viewers. Remember that, shelter from casual viewers. Because we're going to talk about that shortly. So Peter recognized enough that there needed to be a tabernacle for the glory of God to dwell. I mean, that was enough that registered with him, but he's still seeing this through a worldly perspective. He's trying to understand. And I think so many times in our walk, we try so hard to understand, but, but our perspective is still um, worldly eyes. 
So Matthew 17, 2 says, His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. God's presence is, is something that always conveys a glowing light. In Exodus, it's noted as the, uh, the pillar of fire. In Matthew 28, 3, it's noted that the angel at the tomb had a shining appearance. In Exodus 34, 29 and uh, 30, it tells of the face of Moses shining so bright after he met with God. So the appearance of Jesus shining brightly was a characteristic of God, a new revealing, a new level of spiritual worship, of being in God's presence. Now, the importance of Moses and Elijah is that both had experienced encounters with God on Mount Sinai. Jewish belief uh, at the time was, or at the time of Jesus, was they expected an appearance of a Moses-like or an Elijah-like figure. But see, here's a here's a double confirmation because there was the appearance of Moses and Elijah paired together with the voice of God saying, listen to him. The voice of God came from a cloud. And again, that's a whole new level of, of having a come to Jesus meeting. Then Jesus told them, do not say anything to anybody until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. He has revealed to himself. He has, re- he has revealed to them his, his resurrection will happen. But they still don't fully understand. They don't fully grasp it. You see, God has invited them in, but God has had to slowly reveal himself. Because if God revealed everything to us all at once, it would be so much we could not comprehend it. So let's go back to the sheltered from the casual viewer statement. In 2 Corinthians 4, 3-6, it says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preached is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. <clears throat> Have you ever just sat in awe of everything that God's doing and how he's moving in your life or someone's life and you're thinking, how can people not see God move? I have made that statement several times. I'm like, how can you not believe in God? He's moving all around us. You see, it's their unbelief that keeps God from revealing himself to him, to them. You know, if you read Habakkuk, basically, Habakkuk is practically begging God to reveal what his plans are. 
basically God says no because you wouldn't believe me if I told you. So the next time you're wondering how someone could not see what God is doing, remember this scripture. And then I want you to pray for the scales to fall from their eyes because they're missing an amazing, amazing light show from a beautiful cloud. So let's talk about the cloud. The cloud represents God in scripture. Both veiled and reveal the divine presence of God. <clears throat> also the tabernacle. It has, you know, think about that. It has several rooms. They're all separated by the thick, heavy curtain that veiled the presence of God from casual viewers. The cloud would ascend upon the tabernacle and would, uh, would fill the tabernacle with the glory of God. Only the righteous priests would be allowed to the inner room or the most holy place of the tabernacle in the presence of God. You see, if he had not, if he had had any unconfessed sins, he would die instantly in the presence of God. Peter, James, and John were in the presence of God, but still say Jesus or still see Jesus as an earthly human. They were in the most high place with God. As we head into the Lent season, I want to encourage you to find a quiet place with no distractions. I want to encourage you to sit in the presence of God. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and sit with you. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Learn to sit in the quiet so you can breathe in his mercy and breathe out his grace. I want to encourage you to do this on a daily basis and continue all the way through to Easter. See how God tugs at your heart. See how God gives you clarity. See how God reveals himself to you through a deeper spiritual worship. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as we head into this season, my heart is heavy and burdened because what you did for me. There was no way I could pay my, my debt for my sin. But when I ask you to come into my heart, you sent Jesus. Love came down and rescued us. Lord, I ask that you give each of us clarity and discernment to speak your truth. Give us strength to endure this journey and courage when the darkness is trying to close in on us. Shine your light all around us so there is no corner for any shadow to hide. And now as we pray together the way you taught your disciples to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. And all God's children said, Amen. 
Please know I'm praying for each of you as we travel this spiritual journey together. I pray that this year we have many experiences in the presence of God. So remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Much agape, everybody.